0: Ready,
1: set, go. Registration is now open for the Middle States Commission on Higher Education 2023 Annual Conference. It's in Philadelphia, December 4th through 6th, 2023. Setting the standard, transformation through accreditation. You don't wanna miss it. Register now at msche.org. Surprise. We're taking the Edup Experience podcast to Insights EDU. Join us for an incredible higher education, marketing and enrollment management conference, February 20th to 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona. Register now at insightsedu.com and use promo code EDUP to save $50 off your registration. welcome back everybody it's your time to add up on the Up experience podcast where we make education your business if you've been listening you know that we have finally 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 reached our 700th episode that we've been able to release by the way if you don't know we're like two weeks we we have like two weeks of episodes uh, in our cash so we're really like 715 but you won't see those episodes come out till a little bit later of course if you do follow the podcast and if you listen you know that we've been uh, we've uh, last year almost a year ago we released a book called commencement the beginning of a new era in higher education that was able to take our first 125 presidents that we interviewed on this podcast who told us all about what the future holds for higher ed and we put it all in a book for you uh, because we value you and uh, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. And we, uh, as I said previously uh, in a previous episode, we have passed 325,000 listens of our podcast episodes uh, and almost 20% of our audience is global. If you've been watching the news today, you will have seen that there is, um, now I say today, but this is going to be about two weeks from the time you listen. So we're going to, you know, that's the beauty of podcasting. But today, going back two weeks, uh, there is a, a lot going in on higher ed. Of course, as you know, the public trust is becoming a big question. We're talking about the three-year bachelor's degree. We're talking about um, um, innovative universities serving Uh, their constituencies and growing rapidly and getting um, uh, institutional changing gifts and uh, support from all across the country. And we brought you somebody to the the microphone today today. that is going to tell us all about what's going on at his university and the game-changing things happening there. Ladies and gentlemen, is... And they, when I say they fit him in to the experience fast, I mean, they got him in. Like we heard from them yesterday and we got him on the microphone today. So that's what I'm talking about. Love somebody who's motivated. Here he is. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> he is Dr. Rick Gallo and he is the president of Grambling State University. Dr. Gallo, how are you?
0: Oh, Yo, good morning. And and look, thank you so much for having me on and uh, good morning to, to all of your listeners. Uh, I guess two weeks from today, when you're uh, w- when you're watching and listening, I, I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to visit with you about Grambling State University,
1: the place where everybody is somebody. I love it, right? I, and I was looking at your website, and I, and I love when we can repeat um, culturally the way that we operate. I love that you said that right away. That's that's a big thing. But level set for us. Um, first of all, Grambling State um, is has a great reputation and people that there's a lot of people that know Grambling State University. But if somebody was listening today and didn't know Grambling State, introduce us to the university. Sure. So, uh,
0: and again, thank you for for giving me this opportunity. Uh, Grambling State University is located in the city of Grambling, Louisiana, uh, which is in the north central part of the state of Louisiana. Uh, for those who may not be uh, intimately familiar. We're about a half an hour west of Monroe, Louisiana, um, which is the birthplace of Delta Airlines. Uh, and we're about an hour east of Shreveport, Bossier, uh, Louisiana. A lot of people are uh, familiar with, with Shreveport. So we're we're sort of nestled uh, right there in, in between. Uh, we were founded in 1901 when uh, a group of Black farmers uh, wrote a letter to Booker T. Washington at Tuskegee Institute asking him to send someone to start a school. And of course, you know, 1901, uh, there there were very uh, limited opportunities for uh, African Americans to to get a, a higher education, and certainly there were no opportunities uh, in that part of the the state. So uh, he sent a gentleman, a six nine, three hundred pound gentleman named Charles Philip Adams, to start Grambling. And uh, one hundred and twenty one years later, we are uh, a thriving historically black college university that uh, is uh, not only known for Eddie Robinson and being the winningest coach in college football history and Uh, having four uh, NFL Hall of Famers, uh, also having an NBA Hall of Famer, Willis Reed. Uh, But we're also Louisiana's first and only um, university to offer a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity and in cloud computing. We've been graduating computer science graduates since 1972, Uh, amazing nursing program, Uh, really just a a very vibrant uh, university community. Uh, that that we're so incredibly proud of and and have an opportunity to uh work with young people everywhere every day in in moving the uh m- moving our people forward i'll pause right there and see if that was enough to level set
1: amazing i i think it was i'll tell you as i i remember as a kid growing up watching college football and always at the start of the season seeing grambling state or in some kind of championship game I and mean, you've got a really storied athletics program don't you
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and of course, I I grew up in Grambling. So i have uh born and reared in Grambling, uh, attended nursery school through college on, on the campus. So, you know, for me seeing legends like Eddie Robinson, who, you know, he was the football coach who lived across the street from my childhood friend, Kenny Patton. So, you know, to see Coach Rob coming in uh, in the evenings with his briefcase, uh, you know, we never looked at him as you know this this uh, big celebrity and 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 winning coach. He was Coach Rob. He was the football coach, uh, you know, at, at Grambling. So, uh, you know, I didn't fully appreciate the uh, how special Grambling was until I, uh, quite frankly, was was an adult to to understand the special place that uh, that we have in in history. And you know, I thought that uh, that every community had. Uh, the, the the provost, the vice president uh, of academic affairs across the street and the business dean two doors down and and the uh, speech and theater uh, department head uh, on the other end of Richmond Drive. I thought everybody had black PhDs uh, throughout their community. Again, it was it was only when I uh, became an adult that, that I appreciated uh, that that having Willis Reed being my my dad's close friend, he, my dad cut Willis's hair. Uh, When he was a student at Grambling and they uh, they maintained a friendship through uh, both of them passed away earlier this year, uh, but but remain friends uh, throughout their lives and Doug Williams and Shaq Harris and just so many people
1: that I have just known my my entire life. Um, before we get to what I think we want to really talk about which is the uh, Willis Reed and, and great event that's taking place at, at Grambling State I want to talk about you just a little bit uh, because if I look at your background you know you're uh, in the political realm you you know you've got your juris doctorate you and then you trip and fall into a presidency in higher ed. It's kind of, you know, the, the one thing I could tell you about all the people that I've ever interviewed in, in higher education, and there's been many, nobody wakes up after college and goes, I'm gonna become a president of a higher education institution, right? It's very rare that somebody has that path. It's more like it kind of happened or, you know, through the political realm and advocating for educational programs, somebody goes, you know what, I'm gonna go run a university or be a superintendent now. How did it happen for you that you end up in higher ed? Sure, and, and, and I don't mind
0: telling you that when, when I graduated from, from Grambling uh, in the summer of 1987, as I was preparing, uh, to go to Southern University, uh, our arch rival, to go to Southern for law school, I, I made myself three promises. Number one, I'll never live in Grambling, I'll never work in Grambling, and I'll never go into politics. This is and, I, and I did all three. I did I did all three. My, my dad was mayor in Grambling when I was a, a teenager. And so, you know, I never had any interest in in doing any of that. And as a kid growing up in that community, I believe that you know that God had plans for me to to be in New York on Wall Street, you know, do doing... up
1: there and you just gotta go, yeah. right? You just gotta right. leave where you came from.
0: Right. And and that's why, you know, now one of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs 19, 21. Many of the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that that prevails. And so, you know, as as I, you know, am in my uh, into my eighth year now as as president, and you know, I can talk from personal, you know, knowledge and experience about the history of the universe my mother my mother's dissertation was the history of Grambling, and she published it into a book so i mean i these are things that that i haven't just had to read about i mean these are things lived experiences and and it's just a part of of uh, of who i am so again god was preparing me for for this but i i didn't know that uh, that he was so you know when uh, the the system president reached out to me uh and said uh, hey Rick, I'd like to have a conversation with you about Grambling. I said, Oh sure, you know we'll we'll have a cup of coffee one day and talk about it. And he said, Well, I, I can be in your office in in ten minutes. And the, the conversation went something like, It's your generation's time to be the leadership this university needs. And, and I was the fourth president in four years. There've been a lot of instability uh, at the university, and so you know, again now. Uh, that I'm I guess the fourth longest serving president uh, in in school history it's it's an amazing amazing place and and I'm just again grateful uh, that that God saw fit for me to uh, to be able to serve uh, serve in this role
1: so four presidents in 4 years before you come on board you're at yes. 8 you're 8 what's the yes what's what's kept you I don't know. Why have you been the the force of, you know, being solid and what's kept you, you know, because the, pre- the average um, years for a college president is reduced from seven or eight to five, you know, and it's going yeah. down to th- it's kind of trending down to three. And I've heard many of the presidents that I have on the podcast say it's that third year that becomes the make or break where sure. you've got two years to kind of figure things out. And that third year, you've got to do something. And a lot of them, um, a, a lot of presidents have moved on, or you know, getting plucked out now because I think it's it's hard to find good leaders in higher ed. What's been your secret to success? Well, uh, it's not really a secret. Uh, it, it all <laughs> comes from probably
0: the the most published uh, book in history of the world, and and that is uh, that that is the Bible, and that um, you know my my faith uh, plays a, an amazing role in in who I am as a person. And and the decisions that I make. So when you know when I read scripture that says uh, do all things decently and in order, then you know those things carry over into uh, what I'm doing at at the university. And I know that uh, you know for me to put God first, uh, you know keep our students at the forefront of decisions that we make, having students at the table when we make uh, when we make decisions. Um, you know, knowing that that there are a lot of people counting on us getting it right, and uh, although it it is sometimes uh, very difficult to make uh, the tough decisions, they have to be made. And so, uh, you know, it these are all things that I think emanate from from my faith and and knowing that this is something that uh, that that God has. For me to, to do, and I know that's not uh, you know very philosophical. That's not uh, you know very academic to to say that, and and perhaps not not all presidents would approach the work from from that uh, from that standpoint or see it uh, through those lens. But for me, that is uh, really what drives my decisions, and I believe you know God has has blessed our university with a lot of amazing things in this last seven years. I mean, you know, when Beyonce wanted a band to come and perform for her in Coachella, California, there were, there were 4,000, you know, colleges she could have caused, they called Grambling. And so it was the world famed Tiger marching band that went and performed for her in, oh, uh, yeah. uh, in, in Coachella. Right. Um, and when you, when you think about, you know, having uh, people like Doug Williams, you know, the first black, uh, uh, quarterback to start in, in a Super Bowl and, and become MVP. The, these are all amazing things that, that are part of our, our history and, and and more people are taking note of us as, as an institution. And again, no, nobody but God could make that happen.
1: You know, I really like what you say, because I think, you know, um, you said it's not very academic and, and then it's it may not be the way others operate. But I think for longevity, you have, to, you have to have something to hold on to, whether it's, uh, you know, it's something outside or it's a mentor or it's faith or if it's something to give you that longevity through what is not an easy job as a college president. First of all, you got a lot of eyes on you, um, you know, and, and by a lot, I mean, like students and then their parents and then the mm-hmm. community, the poli- you know, politicians, I mean, everybody has a reason to pay attention and is an HBCU in this country, um, which uh, I think the the sector of education, the HBCUs in this country that have started to see a little bit of a resurgence now um, is an important uh, a value proposition for Black students in the United States. Can you talk quickly Absolutely. about, as we transition into talking about Willis Reed and, and, and everything that's gone on or will happen today for you, um, Talk about HBCUs, the value proposition for Black students in the United States. Why this is an important um, sector of education to pay attention to? Sure, and and you know the
0: the mission is uh, is the same today as it was in nineteen oh one or in the sixties when when uh, Willis Reed left Bernice, Louisiana, uh, and and uh, came down to, to Grambling to to start college it is a it is a gateway. It's a pathway to an amazing future. and for for Willis, it was uh, it was into the the NBA. Uh, how unlikely that someone would uh, would have very uh very humble beginning in uh, in Bernice, Louisiana, and end up, you know being the captain, the the one that has a household name in in New York City, right? Now, uh, we we exactly so we you know we are still the place not only where everybody is somebody but where you can start at Grambling and go anywhere and and we've always been uh, doing this work whether we were in vogue or or not you know even before George Floyd HBCUs were were doing this work and and but we we certainly appreciate. The the added attention that I, I think you know we we've all uh, you know seen over these uh, last few years, even you know through the pandemic and everything that um, uh, that we've been through in these last uh, last few years, uh, it has just given us an opportunity to let the world know what we all uh, have known all along, and that is you you can go anywhere uh, starting right at Grambling or, or at, at other HBCUs as well.
1: So Willis Reed, New York Knicks, I think he won two championships. uh, There are only two, yes. Two or three? Um, We're talking about one of the most well-known New York Knicks players in history. Um, What's going on at the university that's related to Willis Reed? And of course, he just passed, I think, in March. Um, What's going on? So uh, and and I'm so
0: thankful we were able to um, a year ago before his passing uh, to rename the floor uh, at our uh, at our basketball arena, the Willis Reed Court. And then also the Willis Reed Tunnel, which all of our players, the the male and female uh, basketball players come through going out to the uh, to the court before each each game. And then, uh, since his passing, uh, we are now endeavoring to establish a one million dollar endowment in the name of Willis Reed uh, at Grambling State University. And so, uh, today will be the tip off. You know, you always hear hear the kickoff. Today is the tip off of the uh, the Willis Reed uh, endowment effort. And so, we're really excited about the event today. Uh, his uh, Willis's uh, former teammate. Uh, and former U.S. Senator Bill Bradley will, will be there. Uh, Miss Gail Reed, uh Willis's uh, widow, uh will, will be there, and a number of other uh representatives from the Knicks organization uh and others who, who knew him and loved him and uh, and revered him, uh not just as uh as, as the captain who who led them to two championships, uh, but to someone who everyone recognized as a really down to earth and decent human being who uh, again, did, didn't have an evil bone in his body. He was someone that uh, everybody could really you know uh, love, admire, and respect. So uh,
1: we, we will tip that off uh, later today here in, uh, here in New York victory. I have a uh, feeling that you'll collect all of, of those dollars in endowment. What, what do you do with that those dollars? Do you uh, chop the, it up into different scholarships for black students coming in? Is it for retention? Is it students experiencing hardship? Maybe a little bit of both?
0: Th- those will be uh, directed to scholarships. That, that is what the, um, uh, what the entire Willis Reed uh, endowment will be directed uh, for direct student assistance in scholarships. And of course, you know, when when you think about uh, even today in, in 2023, we still have a number of first-generation college students. You, know, you think, you know, colleges have been around for, for, for a really long time. I mean, Harvard started in the 1600s, right? Uh, we've been around for over 120 years. Uh, but to think there are still a substantial number of of students who are First generation, the first one in their in their families to go to college, and so, uh, being able to to assist financially, in in realizing the dreams of uh, of young people is is what is so incredibly important. Uh, again, first generation, uh, lower income. We have over ninety percent of our students, uh, qualify for some form of student financial aid. I, I think that speaks to uh the the need. That so many of our our students have, uh, but it also helps to keep us laser focused on the population of students that we still have to be intentional about reaching out to, meeting them
1: where they are, and helping to to take where take them where they have the the God given ability to go. Should you register for the Middle States Commission on Higher Education annual conference this? December 4th through 6th in Philadelphia? 100%. I agree because the title of the conference is called Setting the Standard, Transformation Through Accreditation. There is no time like the present to explore opportunities in higher education and the future for our students and our business model. Get out and network with your peers this December 4th through 6th at the Middle States Commission on Higher Education Annual Conference. Attention are you ready to elevate your institution's marketing and enrollment strategies join the Edup experience podcast at the insights edu conference february 20th to 22nd in phoenix arizona don't miss out on this opportunity to hear from engaging speakers from industry leading companies like google linkedin adobe and higher ed leaders learn the latest marketing and enrollment strategies to grow your programs register now at insightsedu.com and use promo code up to save $50 off your registration attention how are our our, how are students doing you know this is an important initiative whenever you can create a scholarship fund hopefully it's a self-sustaining scholarship fund you hope to to get it to the point where it's growing itself every year and you're able to dish out a certain amount of scholarships to help students the students are coming in and i'm noticing because i work and i've been working in higher ed for almost 25 years you know, this is the uh, almost the first year where I am really noticing, I think there were mental health concerns before at uh, post COVID they're, they're real happening, but they're manifesting themselves in very unique ways, uh, immediate ways where, um, you know, I think the, the, not that there's, I don't know I have to put it into words, but the, the, there was a general awareness of mental health before, and so you put all these services in place, and now the kids are really using the services and demanding those services, and they're almost at, you know, where, where uh, some kind of mental health service would be something that would come, you know, two or three steps down the road. Now there's an immediate use of it. How are kids coming to you? Are they Lost? Is there COVID learning loss? Are they prepared? Are you having to put more investment into getting them ready? And how does this scholarship tie into that? So I, I would say all of the
0: above. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, uh, that that mental health has always been a need area. Uh, and again, if you if you think about uh, combining, uh, not that all students are first generation, because you know clearly we have uh, we have legacy students, we have yeah. those who are third and fourth generation. Uh, uh, grambling students, right? Uh, but but recognizing that that still having a, a great number of, of first generation, all of our students for the most part now have experienced uh, virtual learning, whether it was as a college student or a high school student yeah. uh, during the pandemic. Uh, there, there are anxieties that that come along with, uh, with with that isolation that I think we're still uh, coming to grips with. Uh, I think it's it's evolving. Um uh, you know, we the more we we do, the more we learn about the the unique needs. I think what is what is is truly different now is that students are being more open with yeah. their men- mental health challenges, which is a good thing because you know, I think part, the first step is always admitting that you need the help so we can provide it for you. Uh, so, so I think that is really the the true difference now is that students do, and I'm glad they feel uh, more comfortable and empowered to ask for help. And we now have the opportunity to to provide and again meet them where they are with the needs that they have. So, you know, we have 24 24 uh, seven access to uh, mental health professionals. So, whether it's our uh, Counselors who are on, on staff or uh, there on campus, but we also have access to uh, online services around the clock. So you know, again, we we have recognized, and I think you know most uh, uh, most schools have recognized that that this is a need area, and we we're certainly uh, meeting the need of our students. And as this continues to evolve and change, which it always does we will continue to, uh, to, to monitor, collect the data, and make sure that we're staying on top of not only current, but what future needs might look like as well. I like your style, dude.
1: I uh, w- want to ask you about, uh, well, you know, one thing, what you said that resonates with me is students, if they're up, more upfront about mental health, at least you have a chance to save them when maybe before there were the same mental health concerns, but it was taboo to bring them up. And so the student would disappear on you without you ever knowing, uh, maybe leave the university. And so you never had a chance to, to save them. So I think that's a really good point that you make, but I want to transition to have a con- you know, a, a scholarship fund like the Willis Reed Scholarship Fund. As you tip it off, and I'm sure you you uh, have an opportunity to bring in some great exposure, and and hopefully those turn into uh, funds for for the scholarship, and it becomes self-sustaining. Is now you have the opportunity to help students, maybe first generation students, if this goes the way I think you hope it will go, coming into Grambling State. The Conversation, and I ask every president this because it's it's something that we have to figure out is the value conversation. You know, higher ed doesn't have as much value as it used to. You really don't need that for your degree anymore. You know, you should really look at this alternative. Uh, you know, maybe you should go get a, a certification in Google and just go to work for the next 10 years. And, you know, um, there's a danger in that uh, because although there are some t- technology companies in states that are reducing um, degree requirements, By and large, most people understand degrees and they use a degree as a way to mitigate risk. If you're gonna employ somebody and you know they've gotten a degree and they have certain skills, you can rationalize whether they have those skills or not, but it does reduce risk for an employer. Now, if we've got a a bunch of people that aren't seeing that value of higher education and their earnings aren't coming as rapidly over, you know, aren't gonna equal what they would equal with the degree over time, it affects this generational wealth issue that we have, this inequity. What's your thoughts? I mean, I'm kind of soapboxing a little bit because I, I hear yeah. the danger in it. But what are your thoughts on that whole college degree?
0: Right, and and you know, as we look at uh, the the World Economic Forum and and their uh, jobs uh, outlook, uh, McKinsey and Company, and and the the future of work, when when you look at what is projected to uh, to be jobs that exist in the future that don't exist today, and and those that exist today that will not exist in in the future, then then it helps to focus on the value proposition, right? Yep. And and so if if we're looking at uh, what jobs will be available in in twenty thirty and twenty forty, and our programs are evolving to. Develop that talent and that workforce, then absolutely the degree is essential. Yeah, and and one of the other ways that, that you can look at it is that yes, you can uh, you can get a Google certification or or Cisco uh, or an IBM certification. Th- those are all great, but but they are typically referred to uh, in in the context of stackable. That that you put those on top of rather than instead of, right? and so i think these are, are the things that that we have to continue to to educate uh, our students and and educate others to understand the the value of the degree the the other thing is that you learned uh you learn about life as a uh, as a college student you know when when you come as a freshman and you're living on campus you you begin to understand uh time management you know am i waking up early enough to be able to get to that across campus class what what's the uh what's the penalty if i fail to you know walk across the campus or in the case of an of an online class you know am i getting up early enough to be able to you know wash my face and look presentable because my camera has to be on right Thanks. so so there there are all these these things that that go beyond just the the subject matter it it is about life it is about preparation to to be Thinking about um, how I will operate in this ecosystem that I find myself in, whether it is the university setting or whether it is the corporate setting. So, uh, you know, how to get along with with people. You know, you you and, and at Grambling, for instance, you know, we've got students from thirty-seven states, twenty-seven foreign countries. Chances are, your roommate is not going to be someone that you went to high school with. So, Surprise. how do how do you get to 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 know uh, strangers, how do you develop bonds and relationships? Uh, you know, before coming on this podcast, uh, had an opportunity to to visit some of our alums who were in town for our our football game th- this weekend. Whipped up breakfast real quick, and, and we we were able to to eat and talk and and do all. Of these. these are lifelong uh, relationships that were built that started uh, on the campus of Grandview State University in, in the eighties, and so. Those are those are all things that you just you can't put a a, a price tag or a value on on that. It is priceless. And so I would encourage anyone, and you also have to, to be um, mindful of who's saying you don't need a degree, right? Is uh, it someone yes. who who doesn't you know have a degree or is there some reason why their degree may not be valuable? Okay. That certainly does not mean that uh, that another degree from another institution at a different time might not be valuable. So I, I would say take all of those things in into consideration. Um, and and look, I uh, one one of the things we've done with our freshman uh, students, we integrated uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective College Students in the curriculum. And uh, one of those, you know, Seven Habits seek first to understand, then to be understood. Right. And so, you know, I would I would say that uh, you know we should try to understand where they're coming from. Why Why do you believe there's no value in this degree? And and let's talk about that. So so I can understand where you're coming from, and perhaps you will take time to understand where I'm coming from too.
1: Tell it like it is. I love it, and and I love that that um, we we have leaders in higher education that think that are forward thinking that way. Um, we have AI that. That is going to disrupt things, but it's not going to disrupt things. You know, we still have an education imperative, right? Um, We see in our society what happens when we aren't uh, nice to each other and that we can't understand perspectives. And that's an important part of what higher education does Um, as, as you move Grambling State forward and you look at the future goals of the university. What do those look like? You know, you've been there eight years, I'm sure you've gone through a strategic plan or you're gonna redo your strategic plan. So much has happened in the last 18 months of, of, in, in terms of technology, AI and so on. Do you, do you adjust the strategic plan? Do you look at different things going forward? How, how do you think about the future of higher education?
0: Sure. And, and I think that
1: the main thing about uh,
0: strategic planning is that uh, num- number one, you know, we're all required to, to have one, right? Uh, but I think there are some metrics within a strategic plan that never change. That is, we want to increase, you know, our enrollment. Sure. We, we want better outcomes. We want higher retention rates. We want higher graduation rates. You know, what's our employment rate after graduation? These are all things that will always be a part of a, a strategic plan at, at a university, right? But but where the, the real planning comes in is sometimes just being nimble enough to shift and adjust. And and again, for me, uh, the investments that we made in, in our IT infrastructure before the pandemic paid dividends because we were able to very easily pivot and start delivering uh, online instruction, whereas a lot of universities were not a lot. There, there were some universities that were not prepared to pivot, and right. and they're still suffering because they were not able to very easily do it. Our technology was in place to do that very easily, and having the uh, having the right personnel and people in place to do it. So, so part of it is is never getting comfortable with our successes of, of yesterday. And and again, knowing that technology will continue to be a driver uh, in not just higher ed, but but in, in the world in general, then we can't be afraid to adopt AI. We we have to understand how to articulate to our students the ethical use of AI as opposed to uh trying to find ways to uh to 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 ban them or, or punish them for for the they're going to use it. I think if if we're practical, we we understand that that they will use it. And the students and graduates that they will be competing against for jobs are using it as well. So how can we prepare our students to ethically uh, use AI in such a way that they're not left at a at a competitive disadvantage by not doing it? So it is it is always an an evolving. Uh, you know, set of of criteria that that we're we're having to look at in making decisions, but ultimately investing in ourselves, I- investing in our capacity to be able to shift and pivot when we need to, I think, are all things that that go well beyond the four corners of a uh, of a strategic plan.
1: I got to ask you, did you just make this up on the fly or Is this coming from somewhere? When you said, "Don't get comfortable with the successes of yesterday," I love that. That's life. You, you know, that, that is,
0: that, 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 that is life. Um, uh, you know, whether I'm, I'm, you know, speaking to, uh, our, uh, our honor students, whether I'm speaking to my 10 and 11 year old sons at home, right. It, it is, it is all the same so principle true. that, that transcends, uh, you know, time and place that, that you can never be complacent or comfortable with, with yesterday's successes because lo- things change.
1: That. Yes. What a good, what a good way to say it. Um, what else do you wanna say, uh, Rick, about the uh, uh, the great work at Grambling, um, anything going on? Uh, talk to us about the event that's gonna take place again today, but anything else that you wanna say about the university? I love to leave everybody with an open mic to say whatever you want about your institution.
0: Sure, and and of course, we're, the, the, the initial reason for being here in the New York, New Jersey area is that we will play a football game tomorrow against uh, Hampton University. And uh victory. I'm sure I'm sure we'll have victory. Absolutely. We we came here for a win. Uh, but but typically what we try to do is to build events around when we're playing in you know, certainly if you're in New York, New Jersey, uh trying to to build not only uh, recruiting opportunities, uh, but fundraising opportunities and friend raising opportunities as well and and it also gives us an opportunity to energize our alumni base many of whom have come out uh and and are in, involved in activities over this weekend to really get them uh you know connected uh, back to the university uh in in a very meaningful way so uh we will we will play Hampton and just kind of a side note on that uh you know we were uh uh, we were founded from Tuskegee. Tuskegee was founded from Ham- Hampton, so uh, there is a there is a tie-in to uh, uh, to, to that relationship. And uh, President Williams from Hampton will uh, I've invited him to be the uh, uh, speaker for our Founders Day. Uh, that'll happen in uh, in November. So uh, although we will compete on on the field, and we we compete with with other schools all the time. But we are a, a community, uh, an HBC community where we are here to support one another as, as well. And so uh, that is something that uh, is, is really exciting that, uh, that, that I, I appreciate the opportunity to be able to connect with other HBCUs, uh, not only in, on the football field and competing, uh, but, but also in, uh, in programming. You know, this year we will celebrate the 50th uh, installment of the Bayou Classic. Uh, which is our annual game against uh, Southern University uh, in New Orleans the Saturday following uh, following Thanksgiving. Do you, so want to make a, ind- you want to
1: make a prediction on the outcome of that game?
0: Here, uh, that the Superdome will be a sellout this year. <laughs> that we will <laughs> well done completely sell out the uh, the, the Caesar Superdome. and uh, and look, here's the thing. Purchasing a ticket to attend the the Battle of the Bands or, or the the Value Classic football game uh, is an investment in our uh, in our students because that helps bring dollars back to Grambling and to Southern. And so I want to encourage everyone to, uh, to to participate. Of course, we are on uh, on NBC, and uh, so so we uh, we have a, a worldwide uh, audience. You you can watch from anywhere. But there's nothing like like being there. So uh, certainly want to uh, uh, want want to mention that. But you know all that that we're doing again at, at Grambling and in, in cybersecurity and in in cloud computing and in, in our technology areas uh, in our nursing program. Like we our graduates uh, last year, one hundred percent of our nursing graduates passed the NCLEX, the the nursing test uh, that they're required to take. That many, program is doing. How many it.
1: passed? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I only did that just because I had it ready for you.
0: Yes. So, you know, again, just, you know, there's so many great things that uh, that that are going on right now, programs that are, are growing and thriving. And, and we're just uh, we're excited about the future of, of HBCUs. We're uh, very excited on uh, the, the future of Grambling State University, the place where everybody is somebody
1: i can tell you uh from at least from the edip experience myself and co-founder elvin Freitas, we hope you raise every single dollar of that one million dollars on behalf of uh or in, mem- in memory of willis reed um and his his uh, trailblazing work and and uh, success as an athlete uh, with the new york knicks and beyond um we we wish you much success and uh Grand lake state is a great institution with a national, national recognition, and we appreciate you making time in your busy schedule in New York, New Jersey right now. Of course, you're not at Grambling State to slide in and come on the Edup Experience. I can't tell you how appreciative we are that you would take the time for us. Absolutely, and,
0: and look for, for all of your uh, viewers and, and fans, uh, go to gram.edu slash giving. So that's gram.edu slash giving. And if you would like to invest in Grammar State University, whether it's the Willis Reed Endowment or any other part, you have a a drop down menu, you could uh, invest in our uh, our world-famed Tiger Marching Band or our History Club or whatever you may be uh, interested in, our, our GAP Fund, which is another uh, one of our scholarship uh, uh, funds for students who have a gap between uh, the amount of aid they have and the amount they need to complete registration. There are a lot of ways to, to get involved and make a, make a difference in the life of a student. So, uh, But again, we, we certainly want uh, to encourage uh, everyone to be a part of, of something great at Grambling.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, he is my guest today. No, he is your guest today. He's Dr. Rick Gallo. He's president of Brandon State University. Rick, what an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. You have a good time today. Had a great time. Thank you so much. I appreciate this. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just ed upped. Oh yeah. The middle States commission on higher education, 2023 annual conference is in Philadelphia, December 4th through 6th. Setting the standard, transformation through accreditation. Remember, only you can create transformation through networking, knowledge sharing, opportunity, leadership, service, learning, and accreditation. And you'll do all those things at the Middle States Commission on Higher Education annual conference this December, 4th through 6th. Can't wait to be there. EdUp will be there. There's going to be over 1,300 attendees, presidents, provosts. The networking opportunities are off the chain. Register now at msche.org. Oh, yeah. Attention, higher ed marketing and enrollment management professionals. We are taking the Edip Experience podcast to Insights EDU. Join us at Insights EDU on February 20th to 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Gain insight into the latest higher education trends and cutting edge marketing strategies that'll take your institution's enrollment to a whole new level. This is your opportunity to connect with higher education leaders and marketing experts from across the country. Comprehensive presentations, engaging panel discussions, and more. Insights EDU will equip you to position your institution for growth. Register now at insightsedu.com and use the code EDUP to save $50 off your registration. Can you afford to miss this conference?
0: I don't think so!